protect and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. We can now say baseball is officially back. Spring training began last week. And we're going to get into some spring training baseball with the Rockies and some of the free agent acquisitions. I also bring in Mallory to talk about some of the Deshaun Watson situation as he gets traded to the Browns as we talk about talent trumping morality in the NFL. So make sure you tune into this week's Weekend Sports Wrap podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on SheridanMedia.com and PodcastWyoming.com. Hey, this is Lisa Stofan. Heard the Mark Patrick weight loss hypnosis hype? Well, I attended because my father stopped smoking with hypnosis. Hypnosis eliminated my desire for soda and fast food, made me want to exercise, and I lost 60 pounds in six months. My energy level exploded. I went to another session to deal with some other problem foods, and I lost another 10 pounds. In fact, I brought my husband. He lost weight. More important, cholesterol and blood pressure improved. My friend went, and she lost 20 pounds in the first two months. So does Mark Patrick hypnosis work? Oh yeah, it works. Nothing has changed my life more. Well, except maybe my husband. He's so proud of me. Makes me cry. Wow, what are you waiting for? Join Mark Patrick seminars and lose the weight or stop smoking guaranteed for only $49.99. That's right. Weight loss seminar Friday, March 25th at the Ramada Hotel in Sheridan. Time is 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Registration begins at 5 p.m. Stop smoking seminar starts at 8 p.m. with registration at 7.30. Pittsburgh Paint, with over 135 years of product expertise, is now available at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. You will now find Pittsburgh Paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Pittsburgh Paint is a leader in quality and product innovation and built to perform for the job at hand. Now with two great paint brands, precise color matching, architectural and homeowner paints and coatings, plus a large inventory, it only makes sense to get your paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. It started out as free. But then they said it would only be a few cents a day. What you're hearing is real. It may be happening to you. It ended up being a lot every month. These are the voices of frustration. I pay for streaming video, then the cloud storage, then streaming audio. Where does it end? This is the sound of nickel and diming syndrome. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I just want to hear my music. Is that so wrong? There is hope for millions of people. There's radio. Radio? Radio Radio with zero down and zero per month. Radio delivers all the news, music, and entertainment you want when you want it for free. No usernames, passwords, or Wi-Fi connection required. Here's my card number. It's 7354. Shh, don't speak. When you listen to a Sheridan Media radio station, you'll never need that. This is so wonderful. (laughs) Yes, it is. The cure for nickel and diming syndrome. I could use a hug. (laughs) It's radio. No subscription required. is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. 
That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. I am Floyd Whiting, and my guest this morning was elected to be the House Representative of District 51 in 2018. He holds a master's degree from Harvard University in environmental science. He sits on the House Agriculture, State, and Public Lands and Water Resources Committee, as well as the House Minerals, Business, and Economic Development Committee, and the Select Committee on Blockchain, Financial Technology, and Digital Innovation Technology. He is also an avid sportsman and holds a seat on the Bow Hunters of Wyoming Board. Please welcome to the show Representative Cyrus Western. Good morning, sir. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thanks uh, for coming on. I will add also uh, that I'm also a, a small business owner in, in here in Sherry, which I'm really proud of. Uh, and I just got married last year. so I'm, Oh, congratulations. Yeah, newlywed. Haven't yeah. Gotten, haven't gotten thrown out of the house yet. But, you know. <laughs> Things are going great. Yeah, fingers crossed. There's plenty of time. So, you know. but, so, yeah, as long as, you know, you make sure that you do some honeydews around the house and call it good. Right? Got to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> now, uh, session concluded not very long ago. Correct. Uh, the legislature had a list of goals that you guys had to accomplish. Redistricting, yep. the budget and a whole array of bills. Yep. Uh, and you had to get through all of this in just 20 days. We did. Uh, 20 legislative days, which was, you know, those are business days, so it was about a month to get through all 20 of those. So, yeah. Now, how did you feel going into the session? Did you feel, wow, we got a lot to do, we need to get our nose to the grindstone and just get it done? Yeah. No, that was that was a big part of it for sure. At the end of the day, it's like life. If you want to get stuff done... You have to learn how to prioritize. And so I think that was kind of my mentality. And, and a lot of my colleagues have saying, all right, we've got, I think it was 400 and some bills were filed. How are we going to prioritize those? And so that was certainly my mentality going in and trying to get stuff done, prioritize, focus on the budget, ARPA spending, redistricting, et cetera. So uh, that was, it was a lot to handle, but it was, it, was, it was a great experience. Now, when it comes to the committees, you sit on three very crucial committees. Mm-hmm. Um when it comes to planning in the LSO office, uh, how do they get all that done? Because there's so many different representatives and senators that sit on these committees. Yep. Everyone's kind of got to be yep. in two different places at one time, or are they just really great about, okay, this one now, this one now? Well, they do a pretty good job um, of, of keeping the, the ship afloat and, and the bus running, so to speak. Each committee has its own secretary that kind of t- keeps track of the amendments, proposals that come up in committee, new topics, uh, et cetera. And there's also each committee has its own LSO attorney. Uh, a, a, oh, wow. Yeah, each attorney that, that makes sure that, that amendments that come up or bill draft ideas that we're taking constitutional considerations into concern, those kind of things. But LSO works very hard and – it's a group of dedicated individuals who who do a really good job with the amount of resources that they have. Um, if you talk to them, they always say, "Hey, having more hands to help carry the load would be nice." But on balance, they they, they do a really good job of, of keeping us keeping us going. I would say LSO, the Legislative Service Office, and their attorneys and research uh, research uh, analysts, in addition to the House and Senate staff. They they are truly the, the secret sauce that keeps the whole show going. Without them, uh, the wheels oh. fall off the bus real quick. Yeah, come so. to a grinding halt. Yep. Now, yep. how do you prep to go down there uh, for the year? 
Uh, it, do you just kind of lock yourself away and read proposals yeah. for days on end? It's it's tough. Uh, you know, if you were going to read every single bill, you, you just don't. There aren't enough hours in the days, and while also uh, trying to keep track of the new stuff that's constantly coming out. I think it, it starts with, you know, in budget years, you know, getting at least a, a working grasp of the budget, what's in it, what's not, what are the the big things in there, what are the kind of the contentious issues in the budget. Uh, and, and then I think it starts with working the bills that are in your committees and knowing those bills, what are the topics, what are the things you're working on. Uh, and then uh, every morning I come in and I read, uh, I get to the Capitol at 5 a.m. every single morning, and I start reading the bills that are coming up on first reading that day. Um, there are some times when you just can't quite get to all of them, but that's when you rely on your colleagues to uh, weigh in because they're experts in their own areas, right? Right. Um, you know, for example, when it comes in, in the Senate, Senator Kinski, you know, he knows his stuff when it comes to the appropriations component in the budget. He's also well-versed in workforce training and vocational tech and those kind of things and, and some of those programs. So when you're just too pressed for time, you try to find the legislators that are experts in those areas that the legislation deals with. Um, so Yeah, and really lean on their, that expertise. Yeah, yeah, there are times when you just you just got to. Uh, and, and so um, – you know, that's just, I like to think of myself as someone who certainly uh, works hard at kind of the sportsman's issues and game and fish and wildlife. So sometimes some of my colleagues will come and, and talk to me about, about some of those issues. Again, on appropriations, uh, Mark Kinner, Dave Kinski, both sit on the committee when it comes to the budget stuff. They're, they know quite a bit, uh, and so I lean on them. Um, you know, Representative Crago, he's a licensed attorney that's been practicing for a long time. So when it comes to stuff about judicial issues, He's pretty good, and he really knows his stuff. So in those areas where we're just too pressed for time, it really comes down to us relying on each other to bring forth good information or bring forth good perspectives. Because some of those people track issues very closely, and when that issue comes up on the floor, those folks go to the mic and say, let me fill you in on the history of this. We talked about this issue during this committee. This was the consensus that came out of there. These were the issues people are concerned about or, or ask questions about. So – um, that, that's it's it's really nice to have some of my colleagues that are very knowledgeable in their given area of expertise. So. Now, uh, your your degree mm-hmm. in environmental science, biology, environmental uh, science. Yeah. Uh, how how has that helped you? Well, uh, down there, I think really not only in the classroom but in life, it really comes down to preparation and your commitment to learning about it whether, again, it's in the classroom or not. And I think that's something that certainly when it comes to issues, like, for example, I am not blockchain and, 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 and cryptocurrencies and those kind of things. That's not what I studied in college, but it's something that from a regulatory perspective uh, that I've come to, to become relatively familiar with and, and dealing with in these regulations that we've worked on. And so I think a lot of it just comes down to commitment to, to learning about those issues, asking more questions than you are making statements, you know, those yeah, kind of things. yeah. And again, engaging with the folks who are very knowledgeable and asking them questions. So that's, I think it really just comes down to your commitment to learning about something. You can't be an expert on everything, but uh, the good news is, is that most experts are usually just a phone call away. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I haven't done any kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> government work uh, sure. outside of the military. Sure. But as a journalist, that's where I go. Right. There's Somebody knows this. I mean, it's, it's kind of like journalism in the sense that, there are journalists who spend decades focusing on just writing about 
you, you know, uh, Wall Street and, and, and mm-hmm. the stock market. Or tech investment. innovation. Yeah. Tech innovation, you know, uh, uh, judicial issues, criminal justice, those kind of things. You know, there are journalists who spend years and years learning about those types of things so they can write really well. And kind of like, uh, you know, if you're having to write about something that you're not familiar with, you find the journalists that are familiar, chat with them, really try to get at least a, a working understanding of the facts. So, yeah. yeah. Kind of got to be a, a jack of all trades almost. It is. Way. It is. You know, I would say being good legislators, whether it's in Cheyenne, D.C., or even, you know, at, at the commission or, or municipal level, you know, being a jack of all trades is kind of the name of the game because you are just dealing with so many different things. Mm-hmm. One minute we're talking about, you know, the, the you know, the really touchy stuff, abortion or this or that. The next thing you know, we're talking about financial regulation or we're talking about, you know, taxation or some of these other issues. So it's it's just the entire litany from financial regulation, uh, you name it. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of things to know a lot about. And it's, it's, it's very humbling, quite frankly, because there are moments when you realize, like, Holy smokes! I don't know a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next to nothing. It almost so. kind of helps you discover what you don't know about something. Absolutely. And uh, and you know, the, I think as long as we retain that uh, natural curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, it that has helped me more than anything else. Yep. To tell you the truth, just a natural curiosity about subject. Yep. Yep. Uh, exactly. Now. Uh, what challenges did you really see going into this session uh, before you headed down there? What What were sure. your concerns? So I think kind of the three biggest issues and three biggest bills, pieces of legislation that garnered the most attention and debate, one of them was the budget, which is to be expected. The other one was the ARPA bill, which um, was basically the state spending or the legislature spending a lot of the um, – federal money that came from the federal government and for the ARPA bill. And then the third was redistricting. So I would say those are the three biggest pieces of legislation that we spent the most time debating. And there was plenty of debate on it. So Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of passion. Of them, some bills will, you know, will debate for an hour, two hours on just one reading. There are some bills that through all three readings in a house will garner, you know, six, seven hours of debate. Wow. Yeah, quite a bit. Wow. Yep. And this redistricting one, boy, was it ever. Yeah, that was, it was a slog, but I am glad to say that we were able to get something done. We were able to kind of iron out the kinks and, and, and address concerns uh, of both chambers and, and, and put something to the governor's desk. Absolutely. Now, now, were you concerned over the budget or the ARPA funding uh, budgets? Uh, well, how you were going to spend that? Was there any concerns regarding those two specific bills? Well, Regarding the federal stimulus, I preface it with this. I am deeply concerned about the amount of debt that we are taking on nationally and, and printing this money, and I don't think it should have been printed in the first place. Yeah. However, since this did happen, I think we are in a position where we have to think strategically and how can we spend this money in a way that has the maximum benefit for our communities. And so that's what a lot of that it was Senate file 66. And there was quite a bit of, of debate about what are we going to fund? What conditions do we want to have on, on funding this? For example, we were able to put aside money for a title 25 center here in Sheridan for listeners. Title 25 is the section and statute for involuntary hospitalization. Usually this has to deal with people who have really serious mental health issues. Oh, you know, manic bipolar or schizophrenia, those kind of things. And the reality is that a lot of hospitals in Wyoming, shared included, 
we're not designed to handle those involuntary hospitalizations. Because, and, you know, I feel really bad for some of these folks. Oftentimes, they're a threat to themselves and the folks around them. That's not what our hospital was originally designed to do. And so there's been this problem between the hospitals, the counties, law enforcement, the, uh, the Wyoming Behavioral Institute in Casper, and how do we handle some of these really difficult medical cases? And so we were able to set aside some funding for a center here in Sheridan specifically dedicated that has uh, law enforcement personnel, but as well as um, uh, medical personnel to deal with these these really challenging medical cases. And so I thought that was something that was pretty good that, that we were able to get some progress done. Uh, you know, there's, you can go online and look, there, there's a yeah. whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I had, I had some, some amendments I tried to run that unfortunately failed, but uh, hey, that's just kind of how it goes. And we'll touch on, uh, on, on that American rescue plan act funding a little bit more later on. Sure. And we will talk about some of the bills that uh, you highlighted, but what was the top priority for you going in? Uh, you said that you really had three, but sure. out of those three, which one were you like, you know what, I need to, I, this one's taking the most time? You know, um, I think that we, for me personally, was going in, working with my colleagues in the governor's office to present a, a solid budget. And I, I think they did. I think the governor, you know, kudos to him, I think, for for presenting a pretty fiscally conservative budget. The one he presented last year had some pretty serious cuts. Absolutely. It really did. Yeah. And, you know, I know hats off to, to Governor Gordon for having the stones to present that budget that made some really serious cuts. And we all talk about being fiscally conservative. He, last year, he, he walked the plank on that and, and, and made some tough, tough calls. And so this budget kind of looked at the whole view and said, okay, we've got a lot more money than we originally thought. Um we can spend a little bit more in very selective ways. You know, I think, for example, in, in, in really important roles in state government, for example, snowplow truck drivers, right? Pretty darn important oh, yeah. position yeah. in state government that really needs to happen. Unfortunately, we've gotten to a point where our pay for some of our positions, like plow truck drivers, is not very competitive. And so we were able to give raises to some of those positions uh, that I think to keep and retain good staff because it was getting to a point where just people just were not applying for some of these open positions because it just wasn't the compensation wasn't there so uh for me it was it was working to, to put together a good solid budget and i i think so i mean there's always stuff that gets attached to the budget right that you don't yeah. agree with but you know you got vote outvoted by your colleagues um so I, that was that was a big priority for me i, I I kind of frame this session in the context of the cycle Wyoming finds itself in, and it's nothing new. It's nothing we haven't seen before. It's the classic boom and bust up and down of the of being a fossil fuel economy. And it's 18 months ago, the state of Wyoming was in a position where we were in, in real trouble Ooh, by the yeah. numbers. K through 12, rough. Yeah, massive deficits in everything, in every branch of state government in all the state agencies, in K through 12, you know, we were on the precipice of making excruciatingly painful cuts. And that's where the governor presented that super fiscally conservative budget. Uh, Cause I think he stepped up to the plate and, and showed that, that he was willing to do that. 18 months later, fast forward to, to, to present day, we have a river of money flowing into Cheyenne 
And it really comes down to a couple of things. It comes down to the rebound in commodity prices, coal, oil, and gas. And it comes down to um, to, to federal stimulus, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And so it's the classic story of, of, of it's almost, I call it lottery syndrome, where you're, you're, you're barely making ends meet. You go buy your scratch ticket. And then overnight, you have a ton of money and you don't know what to do with it all. That is basically what what happened to Wyoming, where we were in a tough spot, and all of a sudden, yep, we find ourselves just flush with cash, and we're trying to figure out how to spend it. Because everyone's been thinking for the past eighteen months, what are we going to do? What, what are we, we going to do? What are we going to do? And I will say, when I talk to folks, both privately employed folks and publicly employed employed folks, so city, county, school districts, state employees, etc., and I think just the private sector folks I talk to as well. There's this, there's this sense of unease, where it's like, okay, we're good, we're good, for now, but we all kind of know in the back of our heads that well, there could be a time here in the future, and not too long from now, you know, three, four, five years, where we're right back where we started, yeah. tight for cash, having to make very painful decisions, and so, to me, that that's kind of my personal concern as a legislator is. Is, is that dynamic and trying to slowly over time shift away from that and, and try to be more stable. So that's just something that I thought about the session. Uh, I think one thing I uh, thing we did that I thought was a good idea and it was a smart move by the governor, by the legislature, was we put a bunch of money into savings where that money earns money that we use for our state expenditure. So I think that was a smart move that it's going to continue to pay dividends down the road literally for for Wyomingites. So and that's the idea, you know, stretch every dollar. Yep. Stretch every dollar. Make, All right. The smart people make their money work for them and uh that's something that we've been doing in Wyoming that I'm very proud of and that we little did a little bit more of this session. So when we return, we will continue with Representative Cyrus Western. This is Public Pulse on nine thirty Caraway. One oh three point nine FM Sheridan Like most families, the Alpha Graphics family continues to grow and evolve to better serve their friends and customers throughout Northeast Wyoming. As part of that growth, Alpha Graphics owners Matt and Nadine Gale have acquired longtime printer Sheridan Printing. If you're looking for large or small format printing, graphic design, or marketing services, look no further than Alpha Graphics, 2266 North Main Street in Sheridan, or online at alphagraphicsheridan.com. Weather, sunny one minute, blizzard the next. The new forecast now calls for big savings at Midas. Save up to 170 bucks with the installation of four select tires at Midas Tire and Auto, which happens to come with free brake inspection. If you happen to need brake service, you can save another 50 bucks. Whatever you need, Midas will keep you rolling safely this spring with a little more green in your pocket. Midas Tire and Auto, East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Remember when your mom would say, eat a live toad first thing in the morning and nothing worse can happen to you for the rest of the day? Well, if you ignored her and didn't eat that frog and now you're stuck waiting for good stuff to happen, then you need the healthy calm that only comes from the health nut. The best organic salad bar in town. Smoothies that'll level you right out. An aisle after aisle of toad-free supplements that'll keep that sunny disposition going all day. The health nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall. 
Hi, this is Brad here at Prime Rate Motors, where we know everybody's story is different. We recently had a husband and wife who wished to trade up on both of their cars, but were very firm on keeping their payments close to what they were used to. Turns out they were on the right side of the equation on their payoffs, and we were able to move back on the year of the new cars to keep them in their comfort zone on the payments. Everybody's story is different. Let us help you with yours. Primate Motors, PrimateMotors.com, and the Super Trailer Store. If you're planning a wedding, spend some time with the Sheridan Media Bridal Magazine online at SheridanMedia.com. This magazine is full of articles, tips, and useful lists, as well as vendors that can help you plan the perfect event. From invitations to the reception, learn how to take much of the guesswork out of planning your perfect day. Check it out. The 2022 Sheridan Media Bridal Magazine, online only at SheridanMedia.com. Bonjour, this is Gaston. We invite you to the Bighorn High School production of Beauty and the Beast. April 1st through April 8th at Bighorn High School. Purchased at BighornDrama.com and at the door. Come enjoy this classic love story like you've never seen before, starring me. Gaston, please, professional. Uh, we, we hope, hope to, to see, see you at, at the, the show. show. Sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. to you by Elias and Financial. This morning, I am with District 51 Representative Cyrus Western. We're discussing the 2022 legislative budget session, which concluded on March 11th. Now, during that process, or that session, we had to go through the process of redistricting. Uh, it, Mr. Representative, how do you feel about the redistricting conclusion once we got? And I know it's I don't believe it's signed yet. So Correct. it's it's not hard law. But uh, the governor stepped forward, said that he doesn't have an issue with this. He just wants the Wyoming attorney general to look through it and make sure that a lawsuit isn't going to end up out of this thing. Right. Right. On the balance, I think we were able to come up with a finished product that does a pretty good job of taking into account the redistribution of, of and growth of some of these communities in Wyoming and, and come up with a finished product that, that, that does what we're supposed to do uh, on the balance. I think it's, it's, it's a good finished product. And, and a lot of passion up there mm-hmm. during these debates. Yep. Um, uh, uh, yep. You and I were talking offline, a lot of discussion about the, the sacred deviation, 5%, right. as uh, right. <laughs> Senator Kinsky likes to call it. Um, he felt that uh, uh, your colleague felt <clears throat> that perhaps the lawyers had gotten to everybody and caused a little bit of fear. This is sure. going to cause a lawsuit. Sure. This is going to get us. Well, I got to rag on Dave a little bit. He is a lawyer. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, to Dave's credit, I think he did a good job of, of keeping all this in perspective. Right. Yes, we do want to have a deviation or be within deviation. That's one of the main principles of redistricting. But – 
Dave talked about this frequently, and to his credit, that there are other things that we also can and should take into consideration when doing this process. Communities of interest, historical significance, cultural significance, those kind of differences, uh, geography. So I, I think sometimes maybe the debate got a little too solely focused on the um, the deviation thing versus yeah. also giving enough debate and floor time to communities of interest, cultural differences, geographic uh, differences, those kind of issues. So, uh, but on the balance, we were able to. There's a lot of debate, a lot of disagreement, but. When push came to shove, we were able to get it done. Yeah, so. and we managed to keep uh, Arveda Claremont at we, school district number three yep. with Barry Crago. Yeah, and t- t- uh, both to, to Dave and to Barry's credit, one of the things they talked about is this is not only something that, that we should be taking consideration, but also a state and federal precedent. The U.S. Supreme Court made a ruling, I think, back in the 80s, uh, and this was something that Representative Crago talked about, that – there are these other considerations that we should think about when we're drawing these lines, like you said, cultural, et cetera, take our way to Claremont. All the folks that I've heard from and that, 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 that they talked about out there did not want to join a Campbell County district. Not that there's anything wrong with Campbell County, but it's always historically, economically, culturally been in the, in the Sheridan Johnson County area. You know, if you look at the folks out there, they either, when they want groceries or they, they need ranch supplies or whatever, they almost either go to Sheridan or to Buffalo. So they did a good job of, of including those kind of factors in the debate to come up with a map that on paper was a little out of deviation, but does a really good job of representing the interests of the people. Exactly. That's our job. Yeah, and our job is to come up with maps that do that in the best way possible. And I think I think we did that. Now, in that whole process, uh, was there anything uh, with your district that shifted or that you had to, to sure. battle over? Or did... well, uh, my district was was quote unquote one of the heavy uh, overweight districts. There were because it's the western part of Sheridan County. It's the face of the Bighorns. It's Tongue River. You know, the whole valley out there, it's Bighorn, the pretty parts. My district grew a lot because people wanted to move to this area. So that meant that I had to give away neighborhoods to another district to be within that deviation. And so I was about 1,000 people uh, over deviation or oh, wow. just overweight, so to speak. And so, yeah, that, that's quite a bit of – That's a good number. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's a lot of people. And so it's got to come from somewhere. The most logical – place from a numbers perspective was the story area because um very the johnson county uh, district that that county did not grow by a ton over the last 10 years it definitely grew and i think there's a discrepancy between the census numbers that we got versus whatever the real numbers are which i'll be curious to see what they will be yeah but on paper johnson county did not grow by a bunch so Barry Crago's district needed to gain people, and my district needed to lose people. The most immediate uh, point right there is the story area, of which in that census block, there's about 1,000 people up there. So that ended up getting shifted into into Johnson County and be represented by Barry Crago. That brought my district population down lower, closer into that deviation range, and it brought his up. Um, The other alternative was kind of doing it 
this odd district shuffle where I shuffle people into Mark Kinner's district who then shuffles them into Mark Jennings who then shuffles some into Barry Craigos. It's kind of weird. A trickle down yeah, kind of wow, kind of, yeah. you know, waterfall, merry-go-round type of thing. Or we can just say, okay, stories was going to go be represented by, uh, uh, by House District 40, by Johnson County. We've got the problem solved. Uh, and so – it was it was it was a tough decision. It really was because I've talked to folks in story, and it's kind of a mixed bag. Some folks I've talked to didn't mind going to story, and there were some that felt very strongly about staying in the Sheridan County area. Um, so it, it was a tough decision. But at the end of the day, we have to come up with something that is in deviation or as close as we can possibly get. So I, I think the good news is is that Barry Craig is a very strong round. Oh yeah, he will do an excellent job. You know, I will still be you know, around if folks want to talk to me. I you know, will still be going to the Story Days Parade and all that stuff. So I, I think we were able to come up with something that worked. Well, you know, uh, and, and that thousand folks, you know, that seems crazy. And in, in, in just a decade, a yeah. thousand people into your district. And, yeah. and I think uh, you're Probably right. Probably more, you know? quite frankly, is, again, because there's the census numbers, where the official numbers we had to work with, and then there are where the numbers, whatever they are, redistricting, or uh, the census happened right in the middle of COVID. Yeah. And one of the greatest internal migrations the United States has ever had in a generation. And our, it just so happened to be during a time when we were doing our census. So there's this massive flow of people, you know, from California to Texas and other places, um, that happened that kind of messed up our, our numbers, I think. So I'll be curious to see what the real numbers are yeah. going to be in the years to come. The actual, yeah. Wow, I didn't you know, know that it, it was it was that dramatic. Yeah. A yeah. lot of the growth in Sheridan, population-wise, has been happening in my district. A lot of those new neighborhoods that are out Big Goose or out Fifth Street or some of the new ones in you know Dayton, Ranchester, that's all my district. All the houses that have been going up towards Bighorn in the last decade, those are all my district. Mm-hmm. So mine was the one that grew the most. I was the most. I was the most overweight, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. In population, let's be clear. In population. Yeah. Now, uh, when it does come to the American Rescue Plan Act funding, uh, what were your initial thoughts on the money? Uh, obviously, it's something that you didn't want to happen. Uh, a lot of people here in Wyoming felt that same way. But uh, since we got to spend it anyway, uh, did you have? An idea when you walked in there where you wanted to see a lot of this money go outside of mental health? Well, I think a bunch of it is going into our savings to make money, you know, making money off our money. Smart thing to do. I also think that we have to be strategic. And how can we invest this money in a way that generates, quote unquote, intellectual dividends for years to come, for generations to come? What does that mean? How can we spend this money that's not just going to build a new building, you know, like going back to to the lottery syndrome. If you look at the people who win those scratch cards or win the Powerball or any of that stuff, what do they spend that money on? Well, you know, they spend it on on a brand new Polaris Razor and a brand new pickup truck and all these new shiny toys that look cool, that make you look awesome. But do they truly enhance the quality of your life? Do they enhance... Your your uh, uh, your marketable skills as an employee, not really. I think in Wyoming that was my concern going into the session: is are we going to spend this money in ways that is going to enrich our, our who we are as people and attract talent here, attract money here, all those kind of things that makes community thrive and ensure we have 
what I think is the most important thing for any community, a strong middle class, not just in Sheridan, but statewide. And that's kind of my mentality. We did spend it on some things. Again, some, you know, we, we well, do like our bells and whistles. We, yeah. we love our bells and whistles, and I think that's a problem. I want to see less spending on those kind of the, the shiny bells and whistles and more on institutions that nurture people here and attract smart, capable people who can contribute to our community. For the long term. For the long term. You know, one of the things that I worked on in, in, uh, was a, a PA school, myself and, and some of my other colleagues. Um, we were able to try to help stand up a, a PA school, a physician's assistant school, because if you go to any hospital in Wyoming and you look at, go on their glass door or their ND page, what are they hiring for? Almost without exception, they're going to be hiring for physician's assistants. They're also hiring for nurse practitioners, for, um, uh, you know, they're hiring for doctors, all those kind of things. And so that was an institution that we'll be funding with some of the ARPA money that I'm really proud of because folks from around Wyoming or from Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, they see that and they say, well, hey, there's, they're working on getting a PA school there. Maybe I'll move to Wyoming and, and, and become a PA and help fill those blue-collar jobs that we really need in Wyoming. So that's an example oh, wow. of something I think that I'm really excited about. That's fantastic. i got to take a quick commercial break. When we return, we're going to continue with our representative, Cyrus Western. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Staying on top of your tax and accounting records doesn't have to be a struggle. I'm Karen Green. Parker Mellinger has been providing professional solutions and outstanding value for over 30 years. Whether you are interested in QuickBooks consulting, monthly accounting, payroll preparation, or tax preparation, Parker Mellinger is the solution for your tax and accounting needs. Call us today. Your initial consultation is always free at Harker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Your needs and your goals. You won't be plugged into a one-size-fits-all model. This is Jeff Tomlinson, financial advisor and branch manager at Stiefel. We practice a service model where our clients can share their vision and ask questions. Regardless of your situation, our guidance is driven by your investment needs. Call us at 307-672-3434 to talk about your financial goals. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. It's spring cleaning time, and few things make you feel better than having a clean, shiny car or truck. It's almost like driving a new vehicle. Everybody seems to be checking you out. Feel that way again with a stop at Martini Detailing. The Martini crew will have you looking shiny and new in no time. They'll even pick up and deliver your vehicle within the city limits. Hey, it's not too early to get a gift card for Mother's Day as well. Visit Martini Detailing today at 409 Broadway in Sheridan. Buying a service contract from Hammer Chevrolet is always beneficial, especially if you're looking to keep your vehicle for a long time, Dick Hammer. Bob, there are lots of scams out there when it comes to extended warranties for your vehicle. Come in and sit down and let's put together a well-thought-out service contract together that works for you. Give yourself peace of mind when you're on the road. Hammer Chevrolet, doing business in Sheridan since 1937. 107East are online at HammerChevy.com. Here's what people are saying about wrap plumbing and heating in Sheridan. Very professional, friendly, and fast. Wrap plumbing and heating did a great job within our budget. We appreciated their fast callback time, and they left no mess behind. 
Thank you, Rap Plumbing and Heating, for your service, and I want to say that we're proud to recommend you to others. This is Dan Rapp of Rap Plumbing and Heating. My crew and I work hard to exceed your expectations on all your plumbing needs. We pride ourselves on top quality workmanship and thank all of our customers for their recommendations. I like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. That's right. You heard it here. If you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. Need a plumber? Call Rap Plumbing and Heating. They'll get back to you, give you a free estimate, and have it done as quickly as possible. Rap Plumbing and Heating, 752-1844. 752-1844. In honor of National Doctors' Day, March 30th, Sheridan Memorial Hospital recognizes our physicians. The board and staff thank all of our doctors for their commitment and service to our community. We are fortunate to have a wide array of physicians in over 20 specialty areas. If you want to thank your doctor, like Sheridan Memorial Hospital on Facebook, and you can post your special message on our page for us to pass along. Sheridan Memorial Hospital, medical excellence right here at home. Good morning. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Elias and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, I am with District 51 Representative Cyrus Western. We're discussing the 2022 legislative budget session, which concluded on March 11th. We've been discussing uh, redistricting. We've talked about uh, uh, American Rescue Plan Act funding. We've talked about the budget. One issue that I really wanted to to ask uh, Representative Western about, Senate File 62. This was brought to us uh, by a caller. And, and it, it you know, when it comes to cryptocurrency, R- Representative, I'm not afraid to admit I'm still foggy on, on a lot sure. of this going on. Sure. You sit on the board uh, mm-hmm. or the committee Correct. that deals with this stuff. What the heck is Senate File 62? Sure, sure. So I want to... Couch this in terms of, I think, uh, just something that's a smart strategy, and that is play to your strengths. Okay? The state of Wyoming, across all of our investment funds, has about $22, $23 billion, and that money makes money for us. That's money we use to cover our expenses and to uh, keep the costs on the citizens low so that we don't have to turn around, raise taxes, do all that stuff. So, that bill and the whole Wyoming stable token bill is framed in that context. Is that It gives us an opportunity that is very low risk to the state and has enormous upside, huge potential for us to make money with our money, right? So the, the basic premise is this. The state treasurer issues a Wyoming stable token, which is it's a, it's a, it's a piece of code. It is a digital token that they issue for one U.S. dollar from a buyer. Then they take that dollar and they turn around and they purchase U.S. treasuries, a pretty darn stable investment. So that stable token is then backed by that, uh, excuse me, that treasury bond. So that's the basic mechanism of it. Now, some folks are going to ask, well, what's the benefit to the state? Again, that money that turns around and buys those treasuries, those treasuries generate interest. Not a lot right now. That's true. Depending on the treasury you're looking at, you're looking at, you know, 1. 1.6, 7, 1.8% interest. But it is interest. That interest is money that the state gets to make. So we are spending virtually no money or very little money, I think it's a couple hundred grand, to stand this program up where it has the potential to rake in, you know, 
potentially hundreds of millions or even billions in these stable coins that we turn around, invest in treasuries, and we get to make money off that interest. That's what's in it for the state of Wyoming, and that's how it's beneficial. So someone asked, well, this is why we're doing this. This is, this is crazy. This is not an idea that has come out of thin air or it happened just because. There is a massive growth we're seeing in some of these stable coin markets and some of these, these cryptocurrency markets. We are at a point where we have what's called first mover advantage. Not a, there have not been any states. There have been private companies who've done this, but there have not been a lot of states, in fact, zero up until this point, who have done this. Wow. We're the first to do this. We are it. This is an opportunity for us to be a trailblazer in something that we are not going to have a lot of risk. And by the way, if you look at the bill, it explicitly states that the state of Wyoming taxpayers are not financially responsible if the value of these assets goes down. If, you know, for treasuries or whatever, the value of them, they go, uh, if their value goes down, if the yield on these bonds goes into the negatives, it it's very clearly says we are not on the hook. And the same thing with buyers. You have to ask, okay, well, what's, what's in it for the buyers? Well, if you talk to people who invest in digital assets, there is a enormous amount of demand for assets that are outside the traditional financial system of Wall Street, the Federal Reserve, all that kind of stuff. This is one of those options. How much demand is there? Well, a lot. For example, five years ago, the total value of all the stable tokens that were out there were valued at uh, right around $5 billion. Today, it's $150 billion. Wow. And that wow. number, yeah, the growth has been insane. And so the demand is there. there. We're seeing insane demand. So here's an opportunity for us to take advantage of that in a way that is open, transparent, and honest for the state of Wyoming and for potential buyers of these stable tokens. And so folks who are dubious and skeptical, I get it. We're always suspicious of things that we don't understand or don't know. That's just human nature. But we have to ask ourselves, let's walk through the worst-case scenario, okay? Let's say we issue some of these stable tokens. We issue, I don't know, $5 million, $10 million. Worst-case scenario, we take that money, we turn around and buy treasury bonds. Let's say demand's really weak. We don't sell a lot of these. Uh, uh, there isn't a lot of demand for these stable tokens. We, let's say the issuer, the, the token holder comes back and says, I want my money back. We say, okay, no problem. We turn around, we sell the treasuries, and we give them the value back. And it caps the amount of money that we can give them. It's at 102% of the face value. That's it. They cannot be redeemed for anything more. And this is all stuff that is disclosed to these buyers. So it's... People say, well, you know, we're, some people feel like they're getting tricked or conned by, by cryptocurrency. Right. Well, what's the return? Yeah. I, I push back and I say, well, wait a minute. Whenever you buy anything, if you're buying a brand new car, shouldn't you not be understanding like, hey, what's the warranty on this car? How long is it like? Ask those kind of questions. That's the kind of thing that these buyers are going to do. And the state's very clear in disclosing and saying, you know, we're capping the, the amount of redemption that you can have. We cannot guarantee these things will not lose value. Those kind of things where being, you're being very open and honest up front, start to finish. So uh, real quick, uh, Mr. Representative, we do have a caller. Sure. Um, and, and caller, I just want to let you know, we've only got about three minutes left. Uh, go ahead, caller. You're on Public Pulse. Yes, and I'm very glad to be on, so thank you. First off, I thought it was Senate File 106. Not 62, but I might have gotten that wrong. Um, well, Vicki, I may have gotten it wrong. 
I think it was 106. It doesn't matter. Here, Vicki, I think you're my, right. I think it is 106. Here is my question, Mr. Western. Um, there is criticism of cryptocurrency. Now, I realize a stable token or a stable coin. The United States, uh, Mr. Biden has recently pursued uh, the uh, Treasury Department issuing stable coins. It, it, they're thinking Correct. about it, rolling it around. Correct. Here is my essential question. The crypto market is highly inflated. There's been a lot of venture capital going in. It's almost the old um, uh, picture of the Enron pots, pour money out of one, pour it into the other. It's an inflated, in my opinion, it is a highly inflated market. My concern is that by participating, even through this alternative currency, the stable token Senate File 106, it's a very small return. T-bills don't bring that much interest, and they, they run a short lifespan. I, I'm, for the life of me, I can't figure out why anybody would do it, uh, particularly outside of Wyoming, why they would support our efforts here. But at any rate, here's my question. Do you think that by participating in any way in alternative currency markets, we could be moving to destroy the U.S. economy. Our dollar is 60% of all trade across the world. And our banking systems are recognized as the stable banking system for commercial trade. Could we, by getting into the poker game, even in this manner, be kind of running something counter to our own best interests on the world stage? And that's, that's a question out of the blue. I realize that. But you seem to be pretty knowledgeable about this. And what do you think? All right. We've got about uh, maybe a minute left. Okay. I'll do my best. Well, I really appreciate Vicki calling in. She always asks really good, tough yeah, questions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as she talk, kind of talks about that this is destabilizing, all this kind of stuff. Look at the practices our Federal Reserve are getting into right now. The fact that we are printing all this money. And doesn't that kind of have that speculative concern about inflation, all those kind of things? So it's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. The system we've got now has serious underlying concerns, okay? Here is an opportunity for us to do something that I think is, is awesome where we can create a system of value outside of that system where we control it, not the feds. And I talked about kind of this breakdown between older conservatives who really are suspicious of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and the younger generation conservatives who love it. And they love it for that reason. Because it gives you that kind of financial autonomy. And so I don't think we're taking on a lot of risk other than perhaps losing out on a couple hundred thousand bucks. Yeah. Like I said, worst case scenario, falls flat on its face. You know what? We don't get a lot of buyers. We, re, uh, we redeem the, the treasuries. They get their money back. People walk away just fine. Versus the upside, if you have a billion dollars and they're yielding 1% interest, yeah, that's, that's $10 million. Yeah, yeah it's about, that's 10 million bucks you're making off spending a couple hundred grand. And we got to go on that, right. sir. All, All right, right thank you, you very much. Uh, this oh, has yeah. been Public Pulse on 930 KROE. 103.1, or excuse me, 103.9 FM. Shared. The office supply department continues to expand at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. Need office supplies? We're here to help. We're adding more in-stock items all the time. You can also go online to SheridanCommercial.com and view over 42,000 office supply items that you can have delivered to your office or to our store. We'll even deliver them. SheridanCommercial.com is an office supply mega website. The Sheridan Commercial Company office supply department inside at 303 Broadway or online at SheridanCommercial.com. 
You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now. Time is speeding away, and tax time is just around the corner. But don't worry, Cloud Peak Accounting is there to help. They've made your tax experience easier by streamlining their process with new technology and procedures to give you a faster turnaround time for your taxes, and therefore less stress for you. Let Cloud Peak Accounting show you how fast it can be to get your taxes done. After all, sometimes speed matters. Visit CloudPeakCPA.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you with this scafoozy house. It looks like some sketchy things been going on over there. In the yard, it looks like you've been burying things in it. I'm just saying, you ain't gonna get no real estate agent to take you seriously. You can't sell at Fizbo, or as is. It's a kiss of death in real estate. Trust me, I know. You want to get it sold? I know a guy, Devin at Wild Renovation. He'll come out, take a look, and make you an offer you can't refuse. Find him at wildrenovation.com or on Facebook. Begin this spring by improving your sleep with a new mattress from Moss Holders and Serta. Right now, every mattress at Moss Holders is on sale. Moss Holders has tons of choices from iComfort memory foams and hybrids to traditional inner spring mattresses and pillow tops. Save even more with bonus buys on bedding accessories like sheets, pillows, adjustable foundations, and mattress protectors. In stock or special order, save on every mattress purchase made at Moss Holders. Moss Holders mattress sale going on now. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. There's another McTeacher night at McDonald's, this time at their North Main Street location. Thursday, March 24th, 5 to 8 p.m. Come into McDonald's on North Main Street. Have a great meal, and a portion of the proceeds will benefit Sagebrush Elementary School. You'll be served by some of your favorite teachers, administrators, and, of course, the great McDonald's team. It's back, McTeacher Night, Thursday, March 24th, 5 to 8 p.m., benefiting Sagebrush Elementary School. McTeacher Night will be on the North Main Street location only. From Jill Bates in the Best Team Studio, brokered by EXP, News Talk. 930. K-R-O-B.